Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor the parent show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. You're listening to The Parent Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elgoury. And I'm Cathy Weston. So tonight's show, we're talking to Mayanna Jones and she's a mum to a little boy called Dexter who was born a female and is now six years old. And we'll also be speaking to academic Theo Gilbert who previously lived as a woman and who now lives happily as a man. Plus, towards the end of the show, we'll be talking to Mermaids, a service offering family and individual support for gender diverse and transgender children or young people. That's right, Lydia. We've been mentioning the term a lot this evening. You may or may not have heard the term gender dysphoria, which is when people actually experience distress given their assigned gender at birth. Gender variance is not uncommon these days. A survey of um, 10,000 people, Lydia, undertaken in 2012 by the Equality and Human Rights Commission found that 1% of our population was gender variant to some extent. The terms transgender or trans are sometimes uses umbrella terms and they cover a variety of atypical gender experiences which sometimes lead to permanent change of gender role but may not always necessarily lead to surgical intervention and our focus tonight is really on listening to the stories listening to the story of a parent who's raising a child who obviously has experienced gender dysphobia and listening to their experiences and equally taking um, a very positive and retrospective look at growing up feeling different with Theo later on and learning more about the various support channels that are definitely available and the fantastic resources that are available for the LGBT community in general. That's right, Cathy. So first up and in the studio, we're delighted to have Mayenna Jones with us. Hi, Mayenna. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. It's lovely to have you joining us on The Parents Show. Now, listen, t- tell us your story, Mayenna. Okay, so almost seven years ago I gave birth to um, a beautiful baby girl named Talia Um, and like most parents you just think you're having a girl and, you know, on you get with that. Um, It became sort of apparent at around the age of two and a half that she really liked to dress in the superhero type clothes and, you know, she loved Spider-Man and stuff like that and I just didn't really think anything of it. I just thought, oh, it's a, you know, lots of kids do that. And she had a lot of boyfriends as such. So I just thought, well, she just likes those clothes. She's comfortable. It's really no big deal. Um, Then around about four, I started to realise, well, actually, I don't think, I think this is something very different to just being a tomboy because of the things that she was saying to me, like, mummy, I feel a boy and I am a boy, mummy. And why why did you make me wrong, Mummy? And so why really upsetting kind of phrases to hear because they seem so intelligently put by such a young child. Very mature thought processes for a really young child. Um heartbreaking because as a parent you just want to fix everything, don't you? And take all the pain away from your child and this was something I just had no experience of other than obviously hearing it in the media and knowing what transgender was, it had never been on my doorstep, so it's not something I'd ever dealt with before. And Mayanna, you actually work in childcare, so you come into contact with lots and lots of children over the years. I think it's over 20 years experience. Absolutely. And so obviously you're used to the way in which children play and their various interests. So this obviously stood out to you, even if it was your own child, as something quite different. Yes, definitely. I mean, that's. I think that's the thing. I do. Yeah, twenty six years in childcare, and I do. I do know that children go through phases, and I do know that it's all right for everybody to play with so called, you know, gender specific toys, boy toys and girls toys, and you know, they boys can play with kitchens and buggies, and girls can play with trucks and dinosaurs, and that's all normal. And every child is an individual, and I've always embraced that in my job. Um, But this was something different because the things that she was saying to me were too... She was too young to have known what they really meant. It had to have come from within. It had to have been a feeling because, 
there's no way she would have heard that from someone or you know i have a video of her at three she's got boxer shorts on and she's singing i'm not a girl i'm not a girl everywhere i'm a boy yeah. I don't know where that came from. So really, because so, a lot of parents, I'm sure, who wouldn't perhaps be so understanding of what's of what happened to Talia might say to you, but every child says the funny little things at that age, but really it resonated differently with you, didn't it? It was something that was yeah. expressed differently. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. Yes, children do say funny little things and they all have their little quirks and stuff, but I think when you're... You know, Talia never slept. Dexter still does not sleep. They've never, you know, they never slept. This child never slept. It's so bizarre to talk about Talia because it just, that's just a whole different person. Um, but, you know, it's the consistency of the things that were being said and the fact that, you know, it was said all the time and she was so unhappy even as a small child because she obviously didn't have the emotional maturity or the vocabulary to express what she was trying to to get out but she she was desperately unhappy because she felt wrong she you know for a small child of three and a half to say why did you make me wrong mummy and and Mayanna when did you take the first step to do something about it um actually a very good friend of mine in the states had pointed out to me um, oh, do you think she's transgender? And I said, oh, no, it's just a phase. All children go through this or, so, you know, most children just like dressing up in different clothes. It's normal. I'm not worried about it. And I kind of just brushed it off. And then about six months later, I thought, actually, this is not, like I say, this is not just a tomboy. This is not wanting to be a boy. She thinks she is a boy. Um, and then it was when we started school that I then when we started school she dropped the A from her name so she went into school as Tally in a boy's uniform I'd already previously spoken to the head and he'd said she could come to school however she liked as long as it was a uniform he didn't. <laughs> isn't that great yeah oh, they, they, they were amazed they ticked all the boxes from yeah. I feel so lucky to be at that school hooray for St Albans absolutely yeah. and um so she went to school as Tally because she, in her words, that was a boy or a girl's name. Nobody would know. Mm. Um, and then a month into school, she had all her hair cut off, which I fully embraced and just thought, it's just hair. Hair will grow back. It's no big deal. Um, because we had daily battles over the brushing of the hair. and um, But she was very distressed at school because... She was having wetting accidents two or three times a day, every day, not telling the teachers and just coming home with with a, just an incredible smell of trousers that had been obviously weed in and then dried and this had been happening two or three times a day, like I say. And eventually it came out that the girls wouldn't allow her to go to the girls' toilets because oh. she was a boy and the boys wouldn't let her in the boys' toilets because she was a girl. Oh, that's so, so sad. So, so that then really upset me because I just thought, well, A, nobody wants to sit next to the stinky kid in class, you know, like you don't want your child to, you know, we're a clean family, we wash, it wasn't that. It was, she's clearly anxious about something. Um, and then, <coughs> so we went to the doctors to seek advice about that and she, the doctor was brilliant and sent us off to check medically that there was nothing wrong with Talia. And then after she had a long chat with Talia, she decided that <coughs> could, she made an appointment for me the following week and she was very honest and said she had no experience with transgender, but she wanted to go away and speak to the senior doctors and came back next week. Dexter had already decided by this point he was going to be Dexter and she she then straight away referred us to the Tavistock Centre. So almost an extremely straightforward referral, really. It was seemed to be quite obvious to the doctor. Very obvious to the doctor from... I mean, I was in the room with her when she was talking to, to Dexter. Um, she had a very long chat with him and I, 
I had no idea about the Tavistock Centre and she said there is a place, there's only one in the country, it's in <coughs> huge demand and, you know, but I really feel that I, we need to make a referral. I just want to double check with some of the senior doctors because I'm new and I don't want to get this wrong. Um, and she's, and I said I, my biggest concern at this point was, okay, this is not just, you know... A normal thing that other children go through. I, I'm sorry, I hate that word, normal. Um, this is just not a phase or it, it had become apparent by then. This had been going on for nearly three years by then. And it was the fact that by accepting this change and saying and using the, the right, the correct pronouns and changing the name, my concern was, was I then emotionally damaging her by being so accepting and I know that sounds crazy because if you don't accept that's actually now I realize or shortly after I realized that by not accepting her would have been incredibly emotionally and damaging for her but I was worried I was terrified that am I doing the right thing here am I you know am I somehow pushing her down this road by accepting it when actually, Mayanna, it's so apparent, isn't it, Lydia, that you valued her mental health so highly that that's all you cared about, isn't it? That, that was the way in which you were approaching it. And if I could make a suggestion here. Yes, hello, Theo. Hi. Uh, the fact, Mayanna, that you have so totally accepted means that this child knows that should they ever change their mind, they will be totally accepted on the way back. Oh, 100%. We talked about it only yesterday. Um, we talk about it all the time. I'm very open with both of my children, but I don't believe in sugarcoating anything. And I don't, I'm, I'm not brutal, but I'm always very honest to the, to, you know, and just simplify it down to a level that they understand. And I have always, always said, all I care about is that you're happy. And if you're happy to live like this, then if you feel this is who you are, we love you, it doesn't make any difference to us if you're a girl or a boy. And on the same token, yesterday, the reverse conversation. If you ever, ever for one second feel like, actually I am a girl and I want to go back to being a girl and wearing girls' clothes, we will just flip right back to that and and carry on loving you and living as, as Talia or whoever you decide that you're going to be. That's in, that's in incredible it really is Mayenna to hear the level of support and it's wonderful to hear the school were supportive then the GP was supportive and how did the Tavistock go the Tavistock was I I hadn't really had nobody had, I had no knowledge of it or any experience of the Tavistock and I had gone in there a bit naive and I thought oh I'll be bombarded with information given a, a load of leaflets and sent away to do some research um I'd already spent, you know, several evenings. I mean, I, over the last two years, I spend my evenings. My husband thinks I'm on Facebook. I'm just researching all the time. <laughs> yeah. Becoming an expert. Well, no, not that. I mean, I don't think I'll ever be that. But just to be as knowledgeable as possible so that if he has questions, I am then able to answer them. And it's not a case I don't know. And it, even though it's all right to say I don't know, I just like to be, you know able to answer his questions because it's it's not nice watching your child in turmoil and presumably my at the tavistock the gender identity clinic that you're referring to you must have come across other parents in the same position and this whole world must have no, opened up no absolutely not no it's very i expected that to to look around the waiting room and yeah, think yeah. oh are they trans are they trans that you're you're very much in the waiting room on your own straight into your appointment the Tavistock didn't give me any information whatsoever. You have a meeting with a psychiatrist and a psychologist. They're assigned to you. You get six sessions initially. Um, and the first session, we all went together as a family. Um, and then I had to do all the talking. And it was more it was more therapy-based. It's They obviously needed to get the whole family history. And they went right back through my pregnancy and... And I guess just naively, I didn't expect that to be me, the one that was talking. So the Tavistock 
the initial, well, all three appointments that we've had so far have been really, really emotional for me. And presumably, I'm not, I shouldn't assume, but how do you feel, Mayanna? Do you ever think, do you ever sort of miss uh, the, her being, him being a girl, if you like, as a parent? Uh, is there a sort of a grief attached to that as well as an acceptance of, of what's going to happen in the future? I don't miss Talia because we've been living this for such a long time. Talia has been so long gone for me, um, but I have definitely felt like I went through some kind of grieving process for her because I gave birth to a girl. And yeah. like I say, you you know, anybody that's a mum, you know when, when you have a baby and then you kind of look through your mem like your you kind of play like a movie in your mind don't you of how their life's going to pan out and oh they'll do this when they're a bit older and they'll you know and you kind of do that thinking oh you have a girl and it never occurred to me that that wasn't something that was set in stone and i think that's something i've very much learned from dexter i've learned so much from dexter acceptance in, um and tolerance and not to be judgmental but also don't just assume that what you the child you give birth to is going to remain that sex because for us it and millions of others it's not the case it sounds like you have a <clears throat> a really beautiful bond with dexter I, I i love the sound of it and how family and friends must see that so that was it was the transition easy was how did they receive it family and friends um everybody has been I mean, are so supportive. I couldn't be more thankful. I've had so much support. Family, friends, all the mums at school, the teachers, the headmaster, everybody has just been so accepting of it. And the, the funniest thing that people always say to me is they, they, everybody uses this one word and they say, you're amazing, you're such an amazing mum. And I always just turn straight round and say, no, I'm not. I'm just his mum and... You would all do the same because you love your child yeah. and it really doesn't matter because when you see your child in turmoil and you see them distressed and it's 3am and they can't sleep because they're so anxious, it doesn't matter. So what? They've got a boy's name and they have short hair and they, you know, big deal. Um, and what are the anxieties for Dexter now? Has his anxiety level gone down? Is he more comfortable at school? in himself at school he seems to be touch wood really doing well it since he went back in he's just gone into year two um he's almost seven um and i don't want to jinx it but he hasn't had a single accident since he went back to school and this is week four brilliant um, fantastic so it's over a month mm. then Mayanna, yeah, isn't it? yeah we're doing really well um and he seems really happy but interestingly when he was in reception, the toilets were boys and girls. And when he was in year one, they were unisex. Both reception and year one, apart from the last term in reception when they agreed he could use the boys' toilets, there was no accidents. Year one, there was accidents pretty much every day through the whole year. Year two, it's back into boys' toilets and girls' toilets and there's been no accidents. And I think he genuinely feels that he's a boy. But imagine how anxious anyone would feel going into, wanting to go into one particular toilet and not being able to, etc. And goodness knows, this is a global issue, this access to, to appropriate, you know, toilets or whether or not they should be unisex. It's happening in the States, isn't it, at the moment? And I think what Dexter's brought home is why it matters so much, because to be signposted to something that you're, to a service that you, you don't feel you apply for or you're, it's not relevant to you is really difficult, isn't it? It must be. It must be. You know, we talk a lot and we, we spend most, like I say, he's never slept. So we spend most nights having real long chats. And he he knows how to tug at my heartstrings because he will always say, if I'm really tired and he's bouncing around, and he'll always say, Mummy, should we talk about transgender? <laughs> and, then, and then he knows I'm not going to say, no, we're not going to talk now oh, because, you know, so he, he knows how to... But it must be it must be awful to feel like you don't fit inside your own body or you don't match or And are there questions, Mayana, that that you find you would prefer people just didn't ask you about Dexter? Are there lines that you don't want crossed? Um actually no. I have no 
issue talking about this or answering people's questions if it comes from a place of curiosity and genuinely fascination and wanting to know more it's if i'm approached with ignorance which touch wood it hasn't happened um but i am at the moment talking myself into having to develop a thicker skin because i know i will come across it and i have to protect him from that as much as possible but there's nothing i won't answer about that because if i don't talk about it how will anybody ever know then mm. that's fantastic and i think that I, I I hope that you will only encounter people coming from a good place, and the more the information that you spread, you know about it, the more the more uh, understanding and and kindness there will be for Dexter. Uh, and one other of the children. things that really strikes me about your story, Mayana, is like it's so it's not easy, is it? You know, some parents might think, oh, it's it's so easy to just give in to the whim of a child who wants to dress as a different gender. You've described a process that has been excruciating for you, that's been complex, that is requires enormous personal resilience on all of your parts. You know, this is isn't a journey you would have chosen to go down initially. But presumably a lot of people think or have assumptions that it's actually quite a simple decision when really it isn't. Um, from my point of view, I think people say to me all the time, this must be so hard for you. Um, but actually, because this has been going on since two and a half, it's been such a gradual transition um, that I, I, I don't find it hard to love my child. And so therefore, I don't... I'm not saying that it's easy and it's a, a walk in the park every day of the week, but and the fact that the other things that come along with, I believe, him being transgender, the anxiety and the not sleeping and stuff like that, that's the hard stuff. And listening to him say, why did you make me wrong, mummy, and when are they going to fix me, that's hard. But the general day-to-day -day and accepting thing for me, you know, to accept your child... That, that never crossed my mind to do anything other than just accept him. And when he said, Mummy, I've got it, I'm Dexter, my response was, OK, cool, great name, I love that name, let's, let's roll with that. Do you want everyone <laughs> to call you that? Yeah. And we just went... I've received nothing but positivity. I mean, there's a local group called St Albans Mums and... Um, they have like 5,000 members and it, the, the messages and the comments that, and the feedback that I've had from that from lots and lots of people that I don't know just saying your child is so lucky and how awesome you are and I, I'm so grateful and humbled by that because I'm not awesome, I'm just a mum, we're all just doing our best and all I want is for my child to be happy and to not suffer any mental illness or, or damage because... I can't, I see, I can't compute that somebody wouldn't accept their child. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, um, one of the reasons why we're doing this show, Mayan, is because we know that the adverse effects of not being accepted on children's mental health in that situation are so dire in adulthood. But you've obviously modelled a brilliant and positive approach that starts with acceptance, doesn't it? I think we're going to take a little break, aren't we, Lydia? That's right. And we'll come straight back um, speaking to Theo and Mayana. Online at RadioVerulam.com and on 92.6 FM, we are the radio station for St Albans. Radio Verulam. Radio Verulam. The Parents Show on 92.6 FM, sponsored by Neve Solicitors. Welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elcoury. And I'm Cathy Weston. We're talking this evening about transgender children, transgender parents. And we've been speaking to the lovely Mayanna, who's a local St Albans mum and who's been doing an exemplary job, I would say, Lydia, of raising her lovely boy, Dexter. I couldn't agree more. And we're just going to, we've got Theo Gilbert in the studio as well. Welcome, Theo. Thank are you, you well i am what a pleasure well thank you for joining us <laughs> and in addition to um experience of of, of transitioning from female to male you yes. are a parent as well yes, so I you am. have got the full experience we've been talking about early childhood and i thought we would ask you about perhaps 
being retrospective about the teenage years, what Dexter might mm. expect as he grows and how that will generally go for him and if you've got any advice on that. Well, Dexter's expectations might be very different from mine because I'm 59 now, nearly 60. So what is available for him, including in terms of parental acceptance perhaps, is very different from what I... From what I well, experience. But, well, the, the facilities and the understanding now is very, very much richer and more complex and more mature. Even down to issues of neurobiology and understanding the neurobiological differences of gender that are coming up on brain scans now with lots of very interesting research there. Um, so who, who knows what will happen to Dexter, but I think it's looking pretty good, actually. <laughs> and I, I really do think it's looking much better than it uh, might have been for generations past. And in terms of the teenage years, what do the things say that Mayanna as a parent might look out for? Or you know, It's already a very difficult time, adolescence, isn't it? What advice would you have for parents uh, as they navig help navigate their transgender child through those years? Well, it really depends on whether, like Mayanna, they have found their child the help that the child needs. And I think perhaps for those, for those parents who might... Um, who might be told by their uh, children at the age of puberty and adolescence that this has now raised its head. For those parents who didn't realise that perhaps, like me, this transgendered issue was going on inside my head, I didn't present it to anyone, um, although looking back, the clues were there, I'm very sure. So for parents who are actually facing it for the first time when their their um, children becoming adolescent, I would say keep absolutely calm because nothing is going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to happen overnight. So to keep calm and just keep loving that person. I mean, after all, when you think about it, the universe has planned for centuries to get all of us, each one of us, into the world to be just the person that we are. So, for example, if uh, your great-great-grandfather had not met your great-great-grandmother under the apple tree <laughs> all those generations ago, you wouldn't be here. So in, that, so, in fact, your child, just like you, is a miracle, has never been in the universe before and will never come again. So, so every, every part of one's child is precious and unique, and you can only... Um, I think you can only commend transgendered people. I'm not speaking for myself because I didn't transgender until I was 50. I was, I was afraid. But for many transgendered young people who are going through that journey, I just commend their courage. And I think that's something for parents to be very proud of. Absolutely. Dexter's courage is astonishing. Mm -hmm. But I think that courage is released when they have a parent that they know will listen. Mm -hmm. uh, the courage needs a listener, doesn't it? Some validation is very helpful. Yeah. Yes. So, so what would happen if if your child told you, "Look, I think I'm I, I'm I'm a member of the opposite sex. I feel trapped in my body and feel." First of all, the distress that is being brought to you is very, very deep. Mm. This and it has probably been felt for a long time. But the other thing is that there will be. I mean, if one does decide to help one's child rather than just leave them to it. If one does decide to help, there is a lot of help there. And one of the first things that will happen is that the child is psychiatrically assessed Nowadays, with the family. Yeah. Mm. And that is so it so if you're a parent there and you're worried about this, it's not all on your shoulders. There are experts who will come and assess your child and really make sure that there are not perhaps underlying issues. If you're a if you're a, an adult and you want to transgender, you have to go through some pretty um close psychiatric scrutiny to find out if there are other issues going on in the background that could be mediating um, or shaping this, um, this transgenderism. And that takes time. That takes a lot of time. And then you get referred on to the gender clinic. And then what do you meet there? But other psychiatrists as well who are leading you through what the options are, but all the time assessing and evaluating mm. you in a very transparent way. Uh, so it takes a long, long time to sort it out. And at any point, 
you can always reverse the options. And in terms of the fear that parents might feel, if an option to to have hormone blockers, if the child has hormone blockers, I wouldn't be afraid of that at all. Because if you, if I, I mean, when I was 15, I didn't want time. I, I did not want time. I would have done anything. I would have given seven pints of blood for, for those blockers. Um at least to hold off the inevitable. And I remember the horror of, of, of um, I may as well have been growing gills. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. really, it was, it was pretty, pretty awful. Um, but the blockers gives the whole family time to breathe, to talk, to make sense of things, and to go through those psychiatric processes. So I think there are, you know, and, and also to, to stop developments happening that later cannot be reversed mm. so i developed in ways as a woman that have been extremely difficult to reverse and required a lot of surgery and um wh wh why not just put things on hold and give yourselves time to breathe and isn't in other that words, great advice to just take your time it's a very mm, managed yeah, and caring yeah. and compassionate process it's yes. not something that happens yeah. quickly although i would suggest that your your child might want to move things along in a hurry for me, that was a terrible delay. I mean, even at 50, um, the um, I, I wasn't allowed to have uh, chest surgery for two years mm. in spite of being on hormone testosterones, which mm. my GP thought was a bit harsh. But um, I, I think that was, that was wrong. But um, anything that slows it down is great for the parents who are worried. Gives you lots of time to reflect yes. and think. But the child might not feel the same. They want to rush ahead. Because they have such certainty mm. deep within, absolute, within them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can be. Can be absolute certainty. And Theo, mm. burning, I have two burning questions. The first one is, I'd love to hear how it, when, the, when, when was the moment where you felt, oh, this is it. And finally, maybe the first time someone referred to you in the gender that you have always felt. Was there a moment where you go, oh deep breaths this is great i've been accepted you know i've 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 come out i've i've had that acceptance back that feedback that's positive when you can start sort of breathing a sigh of relief if you like i think that i appreciated the respect of colleagues in that way um most of all i was worried about my children who at that time were about 11 and 9 well, let's see 9 years ago yeah. No, my youngest son would have been seven. Wow, so very young. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not really a sense of relief, but it's a sense of the awe that you feel at the kindness and the compassion of others, especially for my children. One of the things that delayed my decision to transgender until I was 50, and, and then I just thought, I'm just not going to be here for them much longer if I don't do something. Um... One of the things that really worried me so much was the idea of hurting the children, bringing disgrace or dishonor or bullying down on their heads. Mm. Um, but I went to the school that uh, my children were at and I spoke to the headmaster and I disagreed with an awful lot of things that he used to get up to, but my goodness, he was kind about that. He said, it's entirely your own business and it would be a really good thing if people kept their their business to themselves in terms of wanting to know too much about you know Couldn't your agree. private business you know. <laughs> they should just let people get on with it as long as you're not hurting and then of course um before i was um before i i you know before the hormones had taken any effect really i was still looking a bit well very much like a lady i sit here with my with your lovely beard with my, <laughs> my big black pirate beard you know <laughs> <laughs> and my bored head <laughs> but I used to have I, I used to be very different and, and I remember driving by and uh, my seven eight year old beautiful youngest son said um, to me afterwards you drove by and my friends and I were standing on the corner and we saw you and my friend said oh look there's your mum and I said oh what did you say to that because he knew that I was transgendering just the very beginning stages and he said I told him that is not my mum that is my dad <laughs> wow. And they insisted it was my mum. And he said, it is my dad. And I could see on his face the annoyance. Not grief, not fear, not anxiety, just irritation that they didn't get it.
and yeah. he did. Yeah. My elder son was a little more anxious. So at the time he was around 16 and he went to, um, he was on his, you know, I'd been transgendering for a few months and things were starting to change. My voice was dropping. Da, da, da. Um, and I felt that he was anxious, but they were so wonderful. They said, just do what you need to do because we know that you will never change. Your center never changes. And we love you so much. We were very close as a single parent, you see. So this unconditional love. Ha- unconditional you know, love. Is the, is the, the common, yeah, common the denominator key. between you and Mayanna's stories that yeah. children can express unconditional love and so can parents. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And I know Mayanna said when we were coming in, she's a little bit worried about Dexter when he comes to the point where he's going to start um, secondary school. But as we were saying, perhaps Mayanna could look into schools, you know, go and check out. Are you, do you have experience of, of uh, dealing with uh, children who've come out as gay or as trans- transgendered? Um, how inclusive is this school, actually? Yeah, a very important question. And, I mean, if a ch- if, if I mean, that is a real litmus paper. I mean, if there is inclusivity extended, as indeed it should be, it's not a, it's not a bonus, it's a basic right to dis- uh, transgendered children, then that inclusivity is likely to be extended to many other types of diverse mm, absolutely. children. Absolutely, and some secondary schools, uh, most of them have LGBT mm. groups mm. or clubs mm. as well. It's true. They? Absolutely. It's yeah. true. Um... Anyway, my, my, my son was worried. He was anxious. He was worried about uh, any sort of fallback. But they, that's, this is why, you know, it's a big ask of children. It's a huge ask. But one night he said to me, oh, look, something has come through on, on MSN or something, and it's anonymous. And it says, your, your dad is really your mum. And something else very, very, very unpleasant um, and he said, oh, my goodness, I knew this was going to come. I knew this was going to come. I said, look, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Let's just think about what we're going to do. Let's go down and have a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea. <laughs> so downstairs we went. And when we came back, the screen was absolutely full of messages back to this unfortunate person from kids in his form a large school of 1200 people that he had hardly ever spoken to that had just piled in and all of them were positive compassionate kind rational articulate absolutely incredible evidence of the compassion of young people and children when they see a reason to be yeah, brilliant. Isn't and that lovely? It r- actually, it absolutely changed the landscape of his social life. It was a, it's a gestalt moment for my elder son, too, to realise that he may have been lonely and unhappy sometimes at school, and there had never been any need to be, that there had actually been friends all around him. Mm. That people were happy to step in and be supportive when there was an opportunity to be. Educated mm. and, uh, yeah, absolutely. Not abusive. There was no, no need to be abusive. No. But he, it, there was just waves of it. There was no, there wasn't much uh, room for him to get in there. <laughs> now, Theo, one sort of last question before we move on a little mm. bit, because we're going to speak to the the organisation Mermaids. I'm, I'm really curious to know. Again, again, this is all about asking questions that we want to ask. Having lived as a woman, mm. having lived as a man, mm. goodness knows you can tell us. <laughs> how you experienced the world were there any sort of big differences that you find being either gender that you could share with us well I have to say that um, um, because I suppressed who I was and uh, I suppressed who I was I thought to myself if there is any continuation of consciousness after death maybe I can sort it out then which is a rather bleak view, actually. But um, but I did embrace being a mother and a wife and what have you. And sometimes I realise that my life was dripping away like blood. You know, you feel, I'm not authentic. What mm, am I doing? You absolutely. Know? But I did spend my life loving and supporting people, and that was great. And I think every man should have at least a 10-minute burst of the contractions of labour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I my wasn't going God. to say, but... Theo, you've seen, <laughs> you've been there, you've been there. 
That's cool. Great. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. We're, we're going to keep you, obviously, both of you in the studio. And we're going to have a little break. And then we're going to call um, a lovely lady who works for Mermaids, which is such it's such a great name, isn't it, for an organisation that supports the transgender community. So we'll be back in a second. Online at RadioVerilum.com and on 92.6 FM. We are the radio station for St Albans. Radio Verilum. Radio Verilum. The Parents Show on 92.6 FM, sponsored by Neve Solicitors. Welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verilum 92.6 FM. Tonight's show is all about transgendering, trans transgenderism. I didn't realise that was a word until our last guest guest Theo was talking about it and now we're moving on to um, a national organisation Mermaids and we're speaking to Jan and Mermaids is part of a consortium working with the Department of Education the Government Equalities Office and Sheffield Hallam University and um, I'm going to let Jan tell you exactly what it is that they're doing. Hi Jan. Hi how are you? Great great thanks for joining us on the parents show. Tell us a little bit about what Mermaids does. Okay, so Mermaids is a UK-wide charity and we support transgender and gender-diverse children and teenagers. We support their families and their network of professionals, so schools, GPs, uh, fostering agencies, and we just provide support and information. And don't you all as well, Jan, sorry to interrupt, um, organise residential breaks for families and run support groups in different locations across the country? Yeah, we do. We have have eight support groups at the moment across the UK and we're hoping to uh, develop that further. And at the moment we are doing four weekend residentials per year, which the families that we support find so valuable. Particularly if they're not supported by their extended family, um, if they're suffering from discrimination, it can be the only time that family gets to completely relax and for the children to be completely themselves and mix with other children who are like them. So it is so important. And how many sort of families or young people would you support at any one time? So at the moment we have a thousand parents in our Facebook forum. Um, And we have over 200 teenagers in our teens forum, um, some of which may not be supported by their families. Wow, so it's for young people who perhaps feel terribly alone that you're there for them as well? Yeah, yeah. And we, on uh, on our teenagers forum, it's completely moderated and safeguarded. And they get the chance to talk to our peer mentors. So they they can ask questions that maybe they can't ask their doctor or family members. So it's a safer and more secure environment for them to to share their feelings and ask questions that not many people have the answers to. And Jan, what, have you got any advice from parents who are listening who have children who who they suspect might be transgender, who are definitely transgender? What would you what would you tell them to do? Well, mermaids, we never tell families or any individuals what to do, you know, as such. Um, but what we would say, you know, is to is to contact us. Um, we've got a helpline, we have an information email, and we have a website. Um, and if you get in touch with us, then you can become part of our support network and get involved in what we do, you know, so that we can, number one, give the support not just to the young person and the child but to the whole family and we can also make sure that any information you get comes from a credible source that it is factual and that you've got the information to make the right decisions for your family. Jan just out of curiosity I mean do you work in Hertfordshire do you have support groups locally for us? We go all over, we're all over the UK Brilliant. and we will try and reach out to every family no matter where they are and I'm just going to bring in our last guest, Mayena, um, because Mayena, you started a group, didn't you, to support um, uh, families as well on Facebook, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Myself and another local mum who has um, a transgender child, we decided to set up a Facebook group um, and I contacted Susie at Mermaids in the hope that at some point we can 
collaborate and and join forces with mermaids and bring our group and just support local people since since I've set up the group I've had so much feedback and there are so many transgender children just here in St Albans alone that I had no idea and I just think people people just don't know what to do with this information when your child says I'm transgender and it's just nice to know that there are other people in the same boat and Jan in terms of the um the, the helpline that you mentioned do you yeah. happen to know the number off by heart and we can stick it on I, our Facebook page I certainly do the number is 0344 and can young people and parents grandparents can, yes. can they call that number at any yes. time yes it's, it's Monday to Friday 9 till 9 okay and it is open for young people for their siblings, parents, grandparents and professionals. And Jan, can parents ring confidentially and likewise children confidentially? Absolutely. Um, the last question, Jan, is, you know, I mean, there must be, you must hear of challenges, uh, immense challenges to parents and children that you're dealing with. What advice would you give parents? Should they contact you directly? Should they go to a GP? What's the first point of call? Well, I think the first point of call really is to try and get some credible information, actual, you know, factual information. I think the first thing a parent will do is Google, and you don't always get credible information via Google, whereas from the Mermaid's website, you know that what you're getting is fact. And it's very easy to navigate your website, whether you're a professional, a parent or a teenager. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and becoming part of the Mermaid's family on the forum you can ask other other families what they did in this situation, you know, and there the can be different advice in different parts of the country. Um, and then when you do go to your GP, you know, you, you do have at least some information to take with you. And obviously you've benefited from so many other families' questions and advice and all of this lovely rich information that other families have gathered up. Absolutely. And Jan, what, what is the website exactly so we can post it up? Yeah, so the website is www.mermaidsuk.org.uk. Lovely. Well, we will put that up. I, I think it's such a gorgeous name. We were just saying it's so apt. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is. Yes, <laughs> and Mermaids has been around for a long, long time, well over 20 years. Really? Yeah, this is this is not a new thing at all. Wow, well, we're very, very happy to make even more people aware of it. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work, Jen. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Well, I'd love to come back and ask Theo, have you ever heard of this organisation, Mermaids? 20 years old? I, I have, yes. Right, yes. so I've never heard of them till this week. Have you, I, Lydia? No, but I plan to spread it far and wide. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's an excellent resource. And the word mm. I love that she used was credible information. I mean, it's mm. so obvious. But of course, you know, go to the right sources. Don't just trust Google. Mm. No, absolutely. And... Um, Clearly, mermaids have a lot of experience and uh, a, a, a rich bank of experience from, from other families to tap into, which is wonderful because with one of the things that I remember as a teenager is the sense of being, and I've never felt this again, actually, but that stretch of about six years were intensely lonely. Whereas, in fact, the mermaids is a real thriving community of uh, understanding and knowledge and certainly sounds like that the mermaid family yeah sounds absolutely. great doesn't it yes, yes wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> and theo did you want to say we were talking a little bit earlier on i was quizzing you mm. about uh the differences between being a, a you know a man and a woman in today's world and you obviously have experience of both and we mentioned childbirth but is there anything else you wanted to say about that well, actually, um, one of the things, when, when I was younger, when I, as a teenager, I was really, really trying to fight my way out of this situation. And um, there weren't uh, the facilities available at that time. Um, and the idea, now this is going to sound a little controversial perhaps, and this doesn't fit everyone, and the idea that there was anything feminine in me was really very, very difficult to cope with. But as I've got older... 
and I grab my sons and I sort of kiss them on the face on both cheeks and they say, oh, for goodness sake. I say, get used to it. I, I, there may be just a tiny bit, you know, still, and I'm pleased with that, of mother in me. And I tell them, it's probably still there. You didn't lose anyone, you know. But I'm going to be like a, gra a Greek dad now and grab <laughs> you and kiss you whenever I want to, you know. <laughs> and they get used to that. So, so, yes, for me, for me personally, there's been... Uh, coming to peace with it all and I acknowledge the really valuable experience of having to walk in a woman's shoes for 50 years and it's not always easy um, would I go would I want to go back to being a woman never I was I, I never felt comfortable as that at all I always knew something was really not not good not fitting my place in the universe at all but I've also noticed that actually men, too, are pretty oppressed in ways I hadn't realised when I was a, a woman. I really hadn't. That we're really all in this together. Um, one, of the, so one of the things I really value about having been trans, having transgendered, and even as I, I even think of it just now as I sit here, you know, I have so many regrets for the delay, except for having my two beautiful boys. Um, did I waste my life? I could have done so much more. But actually, I've had a chance to look out of the spaceship through both sides. And I can, I've, I can actually have a... I've got a bit of a bird's eye view here. <laughs> you certainly do. That's a good name for the title of your book, Theo. <laughs> and it's, it's helped me do a lot more about trying to work with compassion in education. That's right, and that's what you specialise in, isn't it, in your academic role? My specialty is the, is, the, is the fight to get compassion onto the curriculum. Absolutely, and that is the key word that's come through tonight. We're running out yeah. of time, I've got mm. 50 Unconditional seconds love. left. Unconditional love. Com the necessity mm. of compassion mm. and how children can be compassionate. You've mm. both experienced yeah. that compassion so fully and perhaps on another parent show we'll have you back, Theo, just to talk about compassion in itself. So thank you so much for joining us, Mayena, and also Theo on tonight's parent show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution.